So hello good people of the internet, it is I, Tommy Kelly, and this is Adventures in Woo Woo. So hello and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Woo Woo. In this episode we have two kind of major themes going on. One is I'm talking about pendulums, how to use them, kind of the ideas behind why they work and a bit of history about how I use them and some of the pitfalls and limitations that I have come across from using pendulums. The second part of the show is um, a kind of a follow-up or a sequel to what we started last week which was me trying to contact my spirit guardian or my guardian angel or my guide or whatever word we have for these things. But within that I also describe the process of how to make a sigil. So even if you're not too interested in me contacting my spirit guide, you might find something interesting about how to create sigils if you haven't come across that before. We also have a bit of a, a divination session where I use the pendulum to divine some answers from the patrons. So let's get straight into this. So I want to talk a bit about pendulums. Pendulums were one of the very first divination systems that I ever used. I came across it about the same time as I came across Bibliomancy, which I talked about a couple of episodes ago. Again, it was my aunt uh, who showed me how to do it, and she did it very simply. She just had a ring on a piece of string, and there was no fancy crystals or any of those type of things. And uh, I just found it fascinating, and that I got into it. And uh, the problem was, what happened is then, I was quite young, and I used it for a few years, but I got a bit too obsessed with the answers and I got a bit too into the mindset that it was infallible. And so if I got, if I was asking, would this thing happen? And then it would say, no, it wasn't going to happen. I got quite down about it, say, or a bit depressed about it, thinking that this was the end, you know, the final word and all of these things. And that because it had said no, that there was in no way this was going to happen. And I started getting a very kind of constant negative results from it. And, you know, and I think, oh, what I learned from it probably was that it was more reflective of my mood than it was of any kind of tapping into any sort of greater knowledge. But there's a, a kind of a lot of different ways that people use pendulums and a lot of different ways that people, how to think it works. One thing I find very interesting is that pendulums are very, very similar to the whole idea of dowsing, which is, you've see, obviously seen pictures of them where people hold two kind of sticks and, uh, you know, go, go around and for look for water or something like that and when they find water on the ground water the sticks cross or they, they do some sort of action whatsoever. And that's a very woo-woo idea and I don't think there's any kind of real scientific reasoning behind it because there's some sort of energetic model to it where water must be emitting some sort of frequency or something that could be picked up with two metal rods. But um, when my friend was building his house a number of years ago and they needed to find an underground source of water for, the, for their house, for the well, you know, for, you know, for drinking for, for all their kind of utilities and stuff like that, they hired a guy and it was the standard practices that you hire a guy who comes out and does and finds water. And he came out, walked around the field or walked around the site, his things went like that and they found underground water and it's, you know, it's it worked ever, uh, perfectly ever since. So I don't know if it's that hard to actually find water and uh, could it be just a random uh, chance that uh, this guy has got a good, good scam going. But it was like the builders and the architects and all that all suggest this. So it's a, a thing that happens regularly enough in the same way that they would suggest, you know, a bricklayer or a windows guy or whatever. So kind of 
there's that kind of element of it where it is used and people do use it for allergy testing as well and they've used it for kind of in, a, in an energetic sense of seeing if there's energy, bad energy or blockages, uh, not only on bodies, but you know, using maps and floor plans and stuff like that, where you can see if it has, if there's some sort of energy block and stuff like that. So there's a lot of uses in that way, rather than just divination. People use it to find lost items where they will put it over a map of an area and see if it makes any kind of, um, you know, if it makes a movement over where something should be. And of course, you have the people who've done, you know, have tried to find dead bodies or treasure or any of these things using the same type of principles. Not if it was, you know, there's no huge famous story about it really that springs to mind, but there's plenty of stories you hear about these type of things of people using dowsing or pendulums or that kind of thing in that kind of work. But you hear a lot of stories and people say a lot of things. So the, the kind of limitations of pendulums, particularly if you're using it for divination, is that you're very limited in the kind of answers that you're going to get. You're pretty much bound to be yes, no, with a, a maybe and a don't know or something equivalent to them as well. So you have like up and back, left and right, clockwise and anti-clockwise. So you have four kind of answers. Now I have seen charts and I have seen sheets and ideas where, you know, you can go by a whole series of swings that will, you know, A, B, C, D, E. But that seems extremely tedious and annoying, for, uh, you know, to, to use that kind of way. And you'd have to be really, you know, precise in what it is. Like, if because there's so many letters to get within a short space, how do you know it's an S or a T or a U or whatever? You know, you're really kind of pushing it, I think, to be honest. But some people are good at doing it that way and don't let me, my kind of uh, lack of patience would have put you off. If that's, if you want to go that way, obviously go that way. So the best kind of way to uh, get a pendulum is to obviously is to buy one and you can get them as fancy as you want and as uh, not fancy as you want. You know, you can get crystals and, you know, spare no expense. But you can just go with the, you know, a chain or a string and put a ring on it or any kind of a weight. They say not to use a wedding ring because that has its own energy and will have its own personality. But I, I've used wedding rings and I've used any kind of things and it worked quite well. One thing I got really, really good at uh, was get was finding out the sex of babies while uh, you know they were still in, inside the woman, while the, while the woman was still pregnant. And I, was, I had a very high hit rate, like very successful in that for years, up until a few years ago, and then I just can't do it at all. It's just, I got everything wrong since. But uh, at one stage, quite successful at that. Not uh, not sure how you turn that into a full-time job. Uh, it's not quite finding underground water. But uh, and that that would have been just using rings or something like that. Maybe that's what it is because it stopped being so effective when I brought my own pendulum. So maybe you have to use something of the mother's within the divination to find out the sex of the child. Not to assume anyone's gender at that early age or anything like that. So. The best way to practice it or to start using a pendulum is to try and work out how it works for you and um, so just get the pendulum hold it and say yes over uh, you know over over and back in your mind and it's like it's already doing it for me that's my yes and then stop it and say no and then it goes back and forth no Yours might be different though, that's the point. It might your clockwise might be yes for you, anti-clockwise might be no for you, and up and down is maybe and that. So find out what it is for you rather than going with kind of any kind of standard thing. 
and then practice it and then you know come up with kind of different ideas of questions to ask i find that it was really good with knowledge and stuff that i could know that but just didn't know but wasn't particularly good at predictive stuff it wasn't great at seeing into the future and it wasn't great at certainly long-term forecasting i used to set up systems where i'd you know ask questions every day to test it out and see how accurate it would be and predictive wise it wasn't really that accurate which would lead me to believe that the pendulum is in some way just accessing knowledge you have rather than any kind of knowledge greater knowledge so it's, if anything it's tapping into your subconscious so it's getting to another level of you um, which is handy because you don't normally have access to that kind of thing so it will remember stuff that you can't remember or will have knowledge to stuff that you can't consciously be aware of but possibly in my experience anyway it won't have knowledge of stuff that you or have not had any knowledge of some people think it does and are very successful in that way and saying that not only does it have access to your subconscious but it has access to everyone's subconscious or the collective unconscious as Jung uh, called it so this kind of storehouse of all knowledge and all experience sometimes called the Akashic record too it's a kind of form that this hall of records where every every experience anyone has ever had is in some way collected in a collective unconscious that people are able to tap into so perhaps that is what it's allowing you to do perhaps it's working on some sort of energetic model the water thing would suggest that and allergy testing stuff would uh, suggest that too it's kind of an energy thing to it but you know try it out yourself and see how you find it and what it's, it's good for and uh, what uses you have which the t whole thing of don't take it too seriously because I did take it too seriously at one point and I took it too much that it was the you know the wise oracle that knew all things so i would suggest test this you know do things like i used to do things where i'd set up questions and i go will the postman come today will i get a letter today and then you know then beside a tick if it happened as the pendulum said, the pendulum said yes did that happen no and that's how i found out it wasn't particularly good predictive wise but it was good in other ways you know good into tapping into my own subconscious and finding out stuff like that but you might find better uses for it or different uses for it and you might find it extremely useful in a predictive sense so what we're going to do today is i got some patrons and a few people on the social medias to give me some questions and it's just going to be yes or no questions because that's kind of the limitation you have with the pendulum there's no kind of in-depth uh, the cards or meanings that you would have of the cards and say tarot or the 47 or that it's just yes no maybe or don't know so i asked them to give me some questions that would um you know need a yes or no answer so we go to the divination table and we'll start doing that so welcome to the divination table or as we like to call it in the kelly household the dinner table <laughs> so I have the questions here and I'm just going to kind of go through them I don't want to spend too long on them because uh, if you haven't got a question in then it's quite boring to be listening to other people's questions but uh, we'll try our best so as you can see I use the elbow on the table method I hold it between my thumb and my finger I used to do it like that then I was told not to do that so I'll do it this way and there's a cat hair on it, which is a uh, extra look. So you will notice, because I'm uh, I'm not uh, an ascended master or anything, that my hand will probably move, and it will be from a muscle kind of uh, 
muscle power that will be doing this pendulum, but uh, we'll try it nonetheless and go for the different questions. Okay. Susie Robertson, will I get the virtual job I want? And it's virtual as I'm working from home. So will Susie get the, get the virtual job she wants? Pendulum says yes. Daniel Lockwood. Will Amon deliver on my request? Interesting sync or coincidence that happened after I immediately heard the word Amon, uh, Amon Ra after, it, uh, after I read that question or received that question yesterday. So there you go. So, will Amon deliver on Daniel's request? So it looks kind of no, but it's not complete. It's off axis. So it's going around clockwise, which is maybe. So that's super helpful. Louisa, will I get to Bali this year? So will she get to Bali this year? And that's another maybe. Ariana Bluey, should I pursue the podcast idea? Well, I say yes, you should. Just do it. Don't uh, don't worry about what the pendulum says. Should Ariana Bluey pursue her podcast career or her podcast idea, even? Pendulum says yes. Stephen D. Should I work my arse off swatting for this job interview? Versus just being myself. Um, kind of not really a full yes or no. Should, should... Okay, should I, should Stefan work his arse off swatting for the job interview? Maybe. Melissa Cabin, will I get into a romantic relationship this year? Pendulum says yes. Good luck with that. Wendy Lijigan. Do you notice that if I uh, try and pronounce your last name really fast that I'm hoping that you, you uh, don't realize that I don't pronounce it properly? Am I headed in the right direction with the idea I'm working on? Ooh, mysterious Wendy, very mysterious. Not giving much away now. Is Wendy heading in the right direction? Pendulum says yes. Spearette, will I get a raise in July, August of this year? Well, we're gonna have to, because what if you, hmm. Will I get a raise, in, okay, in July, August of this year? Will she get a, a raise? Pendulum says yes. Craig, should I move to the set of England? Should Craig move to the set of England? Pendulum says it doesn't know. Kim Sampham, 
Will I get a better paying life sustaining job? That's two questions because you could get a better paying job, but it might be life sustaining. Um, so we'll just go, will I get a better paying job? Will Kim get a better paying Stop, Pendulum. Will Kim get a better paying job? Pendulum says yes. Jacqueline Bradley, will I need a passport? Well, there's a time kind of thing at that. Will I need a passport before you die? Will you need a passport this week? Um, like, will you ever need a passport? I should hope so, at some point. Will Jacqueline ever need a passport? Can't decide whether it's a yes or whether it's a maybe. But it seems more yes than maybe. Andrea Guerra, and I know I don't pronounce your name right, so uh, you may just get over it. <laughs> If you're Irish, it would be pronounced Andrea Gura. Will I get my US citizenship? Will she get her US citizenship? Hmm, doesn't want to move at all. So very briefly went to yes, and then my arm kind of did a twitch. Um, so I'm gonna go, I don't know. Um, I hope you do, if that's something you want, I assume it is. And finally, we have Hugh Hackett. Will my mother's house sell the spring for market price? So this, if get a yes, doesn't necessarily mean that it won't sell, just that it won't sell for market price. Will Hugh's mother's house sell the spring for market price? And the pendulum says yes. So that's just kind of very simple yes or no things. Um, it can be quite interesting to do it more for yourself than possibly for other people. And it's a good kind of party trick to do, um, but still needs a bit of kind of practice or whatever. I guarantee you when I look back at this video, I'm gonna see my arm moving and me twitching and stuff. I certainly noticed a couple of twitches here and there when I was doing it. Uh, again, I will stress, don't take the, the, those answers too seriously. I'm not particularly good at pendulums and I'm not completely convinced that they are of any sort of merit whatsoever, particularly in divination sense, perhaps more in an energetic kind of sense, that if there is anything that you may be able to like get blockages or possibly the allergy thing, I don't know, that seems a bit too woo, even for me. But keep, keep uh, note of what I said and if they're right then of course I am awesome and a brilliant divinator. And if they're wrong, then of course there was some sort of interference or lust of result or uh, the demon had come after me to block my knowledge of uh, your path forward. So try out your pendulum. As I say, it doesn't have to be a fancy one. It doesn't have to be anything other than a weight and a piece of string and see what you come up with. And if you've some good tips for me or some ideas on how to improve with it or anything to do with pendulums or dowsing or any of those type of things or, uh, you know, have an interesting story about it, please do leave it in the comments below or uh, private message me if you want to be anonymous. And uh, I'd love to hear your stories. So get a pendulum, get dozing, or uh, you know, use your pendulum. <laughs>
Hi, my name is David Halpin. I run the page The Occult Book Review. Um, I update video reviews periodically. I also write reviews for magazines and that's taken up a lot of my time recently. What that means is I can't also include the reviews on the video page because there's usually an embargo uh, for a limited period of time anyway. Um, I also run a folklore page called Circle Stories, which is part of my business here in Ireland. I run a folklore resource. Um, I suppose it's a bit of everything. I run uh, reminiscence therapy workshops. What that means is I will go into rehabilitation units, um, retirement homes, and I will use folklore and uh, talking. I'll talk to patients about customs, traditions, try to instigate memories. Um, as you can imagine, it's quite poignant work. It's also um, very satisfying work. Um, I suppose what I've begun to realise, I suppose I've always realised it, is that there is very little separation between the occult and folklore anyway, once you get down to the animistic roots. And that could be a problem for some people in today's climate, I suppose. Um, a lot of people want to, uh, what would you say, they want to keep cultures separate and it's something that is coming up more and more. I, the whole blur of left and right these days is beyond me. I'm too old for that. I'm on my own journey, really. And um, I see that the value of folklore is always going to be different simply because of factors such as environment and, and what people utilise in order to give themselves a sense of purpose and a sense of place. And that, in turn, manifests a different spiritual and religious framework. And I think that's where a lot of the differences between people lie, personally. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and as I said, there are two separate areas, but you will find that they tend to overlap sometimes. So thanks a million to Tommy for letting me do this, and maybe I'll chat to you on social media soon. So as you've probably noticed, I've a new backdrop, kind of, or a new kind of angle for these videos. Um, basically, I uh, cleared out one half, one half, one side of my office, right beside the window, so that I could uh, avail of the amazing natural light that uh, Ireland offers us. But it's not too bad, and it's actually from, uh, because Ireland's always so cloudy, you get this kind of diffused light. You just don't get an awful lot of it, and you don't get many hours to, <laughs> to use it. But, um, it's grand and, it's, and I like it and it kind of has a, a nice kind of feel to it and I can look out the window and ponder the universe and feel very solemn and wizardy and those type of things. And particularly with the, the DJI Pocket, the Osmo, um, it can follow you around so you can get the full, you know, you can go for the standard YouTube backdrop of the, the bookshelf if you want. Or you can introduce a nice little plant to make it a bit more lively and a bit more as if there's living energy going on. But if you go too far, you'll see uh, parts of the... <laughs> The preschool uh, playground and uh, it's probably less mystical and a bit more schoolyard which is fine and um, in some way I should be able to uh, set my exposure so that the, the window doesn't come out in it but yeah so that's one of the things um, I wanted to do is get a place where I can just kind of easily set up and uh, hit record and start talking the only problem I'm really having is with the second camera the off camera because I just can't find a good place for it to, um, to sit. No matter where I put it, it just kind of seems a bit odd. And if I have it too far away, I can't see if it's lined up. And I have focus issues with that DSLR because uh, Nikon just haven't got the, gr the greatest autofocus and you have to kind of manually focus or do a mixture of both. 
but I'll work it out. The second camera is very handy if you have to do any sort of ninja edits or stuff like that. Just makes it a bit less obvious because I don't really enjoy that kind of jump cut thing that YouTube people do. Even though I understand the reasoning behind it and uh, it certainly gets you, you know, to the message quicker, but I find it quite jarring. In some, some people do it very well and some people are able to get away with it and it doesn't annoy me, but other people it just, it, it really brings attention to the editing rather than whatever they're talking about, so I don't really want to do that. So the second camera is handy in that kind of way. Not that I do an awful lot of editing, if you uh, have noticed, I tend to leave in an awful lot of my stumbles and my umsies and azies. But yeah, so this is going to be for the next while, the backdrop to most of my talking head bits. But I do want to get out and do a bit of vlogging and stuff like that. It's just at the minute it's very hard because with the pocket the Osmo, if it's windy in any kind of a fashion, it's just no good whatsoever. The, the audio is just terrible on it. And I have to wait until the adapter is released by DJI where I can plug in the, the lavalier mic and that should take away an awful lot of the wind noises. But then I suppose you're less mobile because you have a string attached. Anyway, all of these things. I will be hopefully doing some outdoor stuff over the summer anyway when it's less windy and maybe I won't need the adapter. So anyway, on to the show. So last week on the show I started a new kind of segment which was me trying to contact my spirit guide or at least a spirit or entity or feeling or idea or thought that I've had uh, from early childhood that there's this kind of female guiding energy around me and I was trying in some way to contact that or to get it to contact me and I was using EVP which is electronic voice phenomena which is basically you use a tape recorder in, my, in this case it was a phone and you ask questions to the ether and you try and get a response. And of course, we didn't get any response. And uh, technically the whole kind of thing was a bit, not, not my finest moment, but it was a start nonetheless. I think one of the problems was that I didn't describe or I didn't explain what I wanted the spirit or the, the, my guide to do. And uh, just sort of assumed that it knew what EVP was, which is, you know, odd, why would it know? And I was kind of looking at other people doing EVP and to definitely explain more what they, you know, what effect or what they are looking for. Which is odd that I forgot that because I very much, my magic or when I'm dealing with kind of archetypes or spirits or demons or any of these things, I do talk out loud as if I'm talking to someone in the room. And I didn't in this case. So I assume it was just a case that uh, being with the video cameras on and that kind of thing that it just you know got distracted and just not as relaxed as I normally would and not in the zone as I would be. So next time I do it, I am going to announce what I want to happen, explain more about the process, explain what the phone is, explain what, how I'm recording it and what I want from this spirit or guide. I should probably also try not to limit in the sense of using words like spirits or guide or whatever or come up with some kind of way of encapsulating that idea that leaves it as open as possible. Particularly as this week I'm going to be doing a sigil on how to or to enable this contact further so I want to keep it as kind of open as possible but we get to that in a bit. Another kind of very interesting feedback that I got was that uh, my friend Leah was talking to me sent me a message after she seen the video and she had done a kind of a soul retrieval shamanic type thing for me years ago and I was finding uh, uh, my spirit animal 
And she came back and she says it was kind of like a, a, a polar bear that she found. That's this thing. And I was kind of polar bear. I don't really have any kind of polar bear attachment whatsoever. But her point was that the teddy bear that I feel is some way connected to this spirit or this guide or whatever word I want to use for it. Uh, is it a teddy bear VT and looks a bit like a polar bear if you want to put you know there's that has that kind of same kind of features or whatever and in a kind of astral plane type way could certainly be mistaken for so I found that interesting and that thought that was quite um not funny in a in a ha 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 funny but funny you know funny peculiar funny strange funny in a magical sort of sense there's a bit of a sync there or whatever so for the next part what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a sigil I'm going to make a sigil where I'm going to try and instigate further spirit contact without, you know, kind of limiting to an EVP or to rapping on the, on the walls or some sort of thing. Just a general kind of get in contact with me, I want to talk to you kind of thing. Also has the, the benefit of if you don't know how to make a sigil, then I'll explain it from start to finish and you then will be able to make your own sigils for anything that you particularly would want to do. So let's move over to that bit. So if you've never done sigils before, basically the whole idea is that you're going to take an affirmation or a statement of intent and then you condense it into a pictorial glyph or image that uh, is in some way magic to you or looks magic to you, that you've imbued some sort of magic into it, that you then launch into either your subconscious, into the greater consciousness or into the world, whatever way you want to look at it, and then it becomes its own kind of agent which manifests in the world. Or it's kind of like taking something, like a program and trying to hack the matrix, if that's another another analogy you would like to think, think of. I find them very successful, it's something I do an awful lot of, and if it's a thing that you want to get more into, the person you should go see is Gordon White from RuneSoup, who is, you know, the sigil guy, basically. He, he is, uh, that's how he, he was originally, I came across him anyway, it was his, um, his, his post from 2010 on RuneSoup, which includes the whole idea of robofish and shoaling and all of those wonderful things that I won't go into now because it's, you know, we're trying to keep this simple. But if you are interested more in sigils, then definitely check him out. He's a brilliant course in sigils as well as part of his, the, prem, the premium membership on RuneSoup, so check that out as well. So what we're going to do is basically do a sigil to try and get uh, my spirit, my helper, my spirit guide to contact me or for me be able to hear it. So when you're doing kind of a, a statement of intent, you have to leave it kind of open enough that to allow, to not limit it or to not kind of um, make it too hard to manifest, you know, give it some room to do its own thing, you know, don't try to impose too much on it. But at the same time, have something that is, that you know when it'll work. Like it's easy to say, I will, you know, increase my wealth, say. But finding 50 cent on the ground is increasing your wealth. So you could go, well, is that my sigil or is that just finding 50 cent and all those things. So what you need to do is to have a statement of intent that's open enough to allow for wondrous possibilities, but specific enough that you'll know that that's definitely it when it works or that you have some type of um, terms in it. Like if you go increase my wealth, but when in 50 years, um, you know, like a, a better thing than in increasing my wealth is 10% increase in my salary before the end of the year. Because then you either know if that happened or it didn't. You know, increasing wealth could be under many things. Like if you suddenly had a, uh, a decrease in your cost of living, 
it's, it definitely feels like you have more money, but it's not an increase in wealth and all of these type of things. So I've been trying to think of what, what my statement of intent should be. And I'm thinking of something along the lines of confirmed contact with guardian spirit. Confirmed because then it's confirming that it actually happens. It's more than just I hear something. Oh, is that it? Or there's a knocking, uh, and you go, oh, is, you know, it's that the knocking or an EVP kind of a, a kind of a voice or something like that. So it's a confirmed contact. How that's to be confirmed, I have, I, I'm, I don't know. And the contact is also I'm not trying to limit it in the sense of, and you know, like physical contact. So I'm happy enough with a dream contact. I'm happy enough with. Um, feelings or uh, sensations or anything once it f I know that that's what it is and there can be no question of what it is the guardian spirit I kind of a problem with it all because what if it's not wouldn't describe itself as one a spirit or two as a guardian but I can't think of anything else that kind of encapsulates that idea of what I think it is so um that's the best I can come up with so I will just switch on my other camera so that you can see as I write. So, hopefully you can see this. Confirmed contact Guardian Spirit. Last time I did a, a sigil on a YouTube video and I did it this way. I left out a letter, I left out an S and uh, people pointed that out to me in the comments. So I'm quite likely to do something <laughs> quite uh, as bad too. But my sigil worked the last time, so there you go. So the next thing you do once you have your statement of intent is that you remove all of the vowels. So start off with doing that. The magic of that really is, or the idea behind that, is that you're trying to simplify the sentence and getting rid of the vowels is as good of a, a, a way of simplifying anything, you know, words as you, as you can get. After that, you cross out any of the letters that are repeating. So you go C, yes, that's repeating. So we get rid of that, get rid of all the Cs. N, yep, we have Ns. F, no, no other F. So then you're left with a number of letters that you will then kind of simplify and try to make kind of a magic type glyph or picture or symbol out of them. Something that feels magical to you and you'll know when, you, when it's done because you'll go, there it is. So let, let me do that now. Okay, I'm happy with this one here. I think that looks good. Let's see it. So then, kind of make it a bit fancier. And uh, I put it on black card with gold paint or gold marker because um, Gordon might suggest that and uh, I like it. So I'm going to do that. So I have a number of gold pens here. So let's 
do this. Not so shiny, so I'm not completely happy with that. So that's how it came out. Might see it better here. So the next thing you have to do then is in some way launch it into the world or activate it. My kind of recent ones I've been doing, and I showed it in a previous episode, was to do a sigil offering where I leave it in a public place with some coins on top of it. And that's what I'm going to do with this one. Um, and that'll be my activation of it. So I'll let you know how it works or how it doesn't work or what's the kind of uh, the outcome from it. Grant Morrison says that it usually happens in some sort of tree thing where it'd be three hours, three days, three weeks, three months, three years. Um, I'm not sure that's completely the way it works for me but I have noticed some sort of pattern in it uh, um, previously but not you know it's not as a rule as a kind of a general habit it sometimes comes out in patterns like that so uh, try out your own sigils it can be for anything it doesn't have to be for contacting spirit guides for literally anything that uh, a desire you want get a statement of intent get it so that it's um, loose enough to you know allow for any kind of magic to happen but tight enough so that you know there's a definite you know when it happens when it resolves and when it uh, manifests you can point to it and go that's exactly what i was looking for then find a way of activating it there's loads of different ways of act activating it intense music anger love sorrow plenty of things you know just come up with any sort of kind of extreme emotion or extreme feelings or situations like a roller coaster going on a roller coaster and at the height of the roller coaster have a, have a look at it there's you know do it um, at the point of orgasm all of those things try different ways whatever the sigil activate or the sigil um offering thing uh, seems to work for me so that's the way i'm going to do it sometimes i just leave it on my notice board and it works just as well about 60 percent of the time sigils work for me and the more i want something the less likely it is to happen and the less I care about it, the more likely it is to happen. But a good round uh, ballpark figure is 60%. Six out of 10 sigils will work. So let's hope that this is one of the six that works. So that was another episode of Adventures from Wyvern. Thanks very much for having a watch. I'm trying my best to keep these end pieces to be uh, succinct and uh, short as possible because I have a tendency to rant when it comes to the, these end bits where I'm trying to get my call to action out and get you to follow up and hang around and, you know, subscribe and like and all these things. But basically, go to adventuresandwooboo.com and everything you could possibly want will be there. All the links to the social media, to the YouTube, to the podcasts, to the Magic Primers, to the Fortune all of that stuff is over there. So, good people of the internet, may you have a wonderful week and I will see you next week. <laughs>